Amen, amen. Can we give our music ministry a round of applause? They work so hard. They work so hard. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I'm sure that you do, would you please take them out and go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, that is where we are going to be on this Easter Sunday of 2023. And if you don't have uh, a copy of God's Word, there's a Bible um, in the chair back in front of you, uh, or you can follow along on the, uh, the screen uh, behind me. And as you can tell, we only have one screen. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you love it when technology doesn't do what you want it to do? Can we just say, thank you, Jesus, for that? Well, it, 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 it'll be fixed. Uh, it just wasn't able to be done this week. But anyways, um, yeah, Acts chapter 4 is where we are this morning. And as you are turning there, I just want to tell you a story uh, that, uh, that I came across this week as I was preparing um, for Easter. And it's a story about a Sunday school teacher um, who was teaching her, her children's class uh, about the meaning of Easter. And she asked the question, she said, what is the meaning of Easter? And you know this, if you teach children, you can imagine the responses that you uh, receive. Well, uh, one little boy raised his hand and said, I know exactly what Easter is. Easter is when family gets together and they have a big turkey and they sing about the pilgrims. And she's like, no, 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 that's, 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 not, that's not what Easter is, is about. And then uh, another child uh, raised his hand and said, I, I, know, I know what Easter is. Easter is. Easter is when you decorate that tree and you get all of these gifts. And the teacher's like, no, that's not what Easter is. And, um, and you know, at this point, the teacher's a little, little frustrated and disappointed. But, but finally, a, a shy, timid girl raised her hand and said, I know what Easter is. And the teacher said, well, do tell us. And she said, Easter is when Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was put in a tomb, and he was left there for three days. And the teacher in her mind was going, thank you, Jesus. Somebody knows what the meaning of Easter is. But the little shy girl continued with these words. Then everybody gathers at the tomb and waits to see if Jesus comes out. And if he sees his shadow, we have another six weeks of winter. <laughs> Aren't you glad that's not the resurrection story? Aren't you glad that's not, you know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, he said this, For I delivered to you of first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to Scripture. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is of first importance. Amen? Amen. I'm going to say that again because uh, uh, I do like, you know, kind of a response on that part right there. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is of first importance. Amen? Amen? That's right, it is. It's of first importance. And so let's look at our text this morning, Acts chapter 4. And I can tell you this, that there is no other church in all of America that is preaching on Acts chapter 4 on Easter Sunday. So be ye encouraged. Amen? Here we go. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Follow along in your copy of God's Word. And as they were speaking to the people, they being Peter and John, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. And they were greatly annoyed. They were annoyed because Peter and John were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them. And they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. 
But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired them, by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, you and I can't see this in the English text, but in the Greek, it is, uh, this is a derogatory question. The scribes, the, uh, the elders, the, what we call the Sanhedrin, which are the religious leaders of the day and the political leaders of the day, they come after believers in Jesus Christ and accuse them in a derogatory fashion. Much has not changed since that time, amen? By what power or by what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? And he says this, let it be known. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man, this lame man, is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Would you join with me in prayer, please? Father, we come before you this morning. And we humbly bow before your word. We humbly bow our lives before you, your life, and the empty tomb. And we ask, Father, that you would send the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. This morning I want to talk to you about the significance of Easter, the significance of Easter, and I want to begin by telling you that uh, multiple times during the week, I will often uh, frequent a website called Staking the Plains. I think I've shared this with you before, uh, but, but Staking the Plains is a blog that is all things Texas Tech Red Raiders, and I'm sure that some of you appreciate that, right? And uh, I do because I'm a fan of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, but, but the name of that website is quite interesting, Staking the Plains. Now why is that website called Staking the Plains? It is named that because the area in which I grew up out in West Texas, um, it is called the Llano Estacado. The Llano Estacado, which loosely translated means the Staked Plains. Well, where did this area get that name Staked Plains? Uh, that title came into existence when Francisco Coronado of Spain um, was, was roaming in the area, and he described that area in a 1541 letter to the king of Spain. And he said about the area where I grew up, he said this, the area is so vast, it looks like an ocean of dry, arid ground, which is true, <laughs> and there are no landmarks. 
And so what Coronado did, since there were no landmarks to see where he was or uh, where he was going or what was the boundaries of this great land, what he did is he drove stakes into the ground as landmarks. So whatever he had, whether it was a branch or, or stick or whatever it was, he drove it deep in the ground, drove stakes into the ground to let his crew know what their land was and so they would not get lost. Well, our text this morning in Acts chapter 4, our text this morning is like driving stakes into the ground of our lives. What Peter says to the religious leaders and the political leaders of the day Peter says, we will not be moved. It's, it's like the great Protestant reformer Martin Luther when he says, here I stand. It's, it's like the, the African Americans of a previous generation who said, we shall not be moved. When Peter and John in verse number 10 say this, let it be known, what they are doing is they are putting a stake in the ground. They're telling the religious leaders of the day, they're telling the political leaders of the day, we will not be moved from what we believe. And church, I stand before you today, here on this Easter Sunday of 2023, the church in America needs to rise up and say, these are the stakes in the ground and we will not be moved. When you look at Acts chapter 4, we, we need to understand the context here. Acts chapter 4 takes place just literally a few weeks after the very first Easter. Some scholars say that, that Acts 3 and Acts 4 takes place a mere 60 days after the first Easter. And in Acts chapter 3, we see that Peter and John are on their way to the temple to a prayer meeting, and, and they see a lame man. This lame man says, um, alms for the poor. And Peter and John look at this man and say the words that are famous in Acts 3. They say, silver and gold we have none, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And immediately, immediately this man jumps to his feet for the very first time in his life. The scripture says his feet and his ankles are strengthened. He jumps to his feet, he leaps up, and he begins praising God. And you can imagine... You can imagine the crowd at the temple, within the temple courts would gather around. A, a lame man has just been healed. And Peter sees this great crowd and he begins to preach. In the rest of chapter 3, Peter preaches the good news of Jesus Christ, that you must repent of your sins and turn to Christ for salvation. Well, in Acts chapter 4, it is the continuation of Acts chapter 3. It is the result of Peter and John preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, when you look at verse number two of chapter four, we see very quickly that the political leaders and the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the, the priest and the captain of the temple, they are greatly annoyed. What are they annoyed at? They're annoyed at the preaching of the resurrection from the dead. They are so annoyed that in verse number three, they arrest Peter and John and put them in custody until the very next day. Can you imagine what Peter and John may be thinking while they're sitting in prison that night? 
Can you imagine what they're thinking? Do you think it, that they may be thinking about what took place 60, uh, 60 plus days earlier? Thinking back to Holy Week when Jesus, uh, the one that they followed, the one that they called the Savior, the one that they called the Messiah, he was arrested by the religious and political leaders, and he was put in prison, and the very next day, what did they do to Jesus? They crucified him. Do you think Peter and John might be thinking this is going to take place in their life? Absolutely. Like, well, here it is. It's our time. It's our time. But they wake up the next day, and the Sanhedrin, the religious political leaders of the day, they bring Peter and John in front of them, and they ask a derogatory question, and they say this, by what power or what name did you do this? In other words, they were putting down the name of Jesus, the religious leaders were. I want you to write this down about verse number seven. Actually, verses three through seven. I want you to write this down. This is the first recorded opposition in the Christian church era, right here. A mere 60 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what does that mean for you and I? That means this, that if you and I believe, and if we preach, and if we teach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it means this, that the political and religious leaders of the day will oppose you. Do we see that happening today? Are y'all with me this morning? We have seen in our world today, in our culture, very, very quickly how the religious leaders and the political leaders of our day are turning against true believers in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Aren't you glad you came to Easter Sunday at First Baptist Church Brunswick where you're going to get a happy message? Aren't you glad about that? Well, if I were to ask you to name the most persecuted group on the planet, who would you say? Our government would want us to know that the most persecuted group in the United States, at least, would be the transgender population. We hear that on the news quite frequently. If it's not the transgender, it's the LGBTQ, that, that they are the most persecuted group here in the United States. But in reality, the most persecuted group in all the world are Christians. But you will never hear that. You will never hear that from the media. But the Christians, or Christians all over the world, we are the most persecuted group on the planet, and it is the most ignored, it's the most unnoticed, it's the least reported, and it is the most overlooked news on the planet without a shadow of a doubt. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a couple of uh, things here. Uh, the International Society of Human Rights, which is a secular organization, they recently let out a report that says this, over 80% of all religious freedom violations in the world today are directed against Christians. That's coming from a secular organization. 
Uh, Open Doors, which is a Christian organization that raises awareness of global Christian persecution, reports that over 360 million believers suffer persecution and discrimination. But you won't hear that because that doesn't fit the narrative of a culture that has turned its back against Jesus Christ. You won't hear that. But the reality is for you as believers in Jesus Christ, believers specifically in the physical and literal resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that since that took place over 2,000 years ago, Christians have been persecuted. If not persecuted, at least you have been pressured. In the first 300 years of of Christianity in the Roman Empire, it was illegal to be a follower of Jesus. That's why the emperor Nero would feed Christians to the lions. He would tar them and he would light them on fire. And ultimately he would uh, execute those who turned to Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of Christianity since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Since then, over 2,000 years ago, approximately 70 million believers in Christ have died for their faith. 70 million. Half of those, 35 million, have died for the faith in the last 100 years. You see, we in the United States, United States, United States, I, was, I said United Stinks in my mind. That's what, I, that's what was going on. Are y'all with me? Are y'all awake this morning? The United States has fallen for a belief that since we don't experience persecution, then we are the glorious ones. Do you know in all of history, we are the exceptions to the rule? Do you realize that we are the exceptions to the rule? We are the exceptions in all of history? Because the rest of believers throughout all of Christian church history, they lived in the midst of persecution. They lived in the midst of persecution because they believed they had the audacity to believe that Jesus was called the Son of God, the Messiah, and they believed that he rose from the dead. And they based their life upon that. And they believed that they were to die to themselves, give up everything of this world, and follow Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And because of that, there's persecution. I praise God for living in a country that has freedom from religion, freedom from freedom from religion, we can worship however we want to, amen? I'm thankful for that, but church, I stand before you today in 2023, persecution is coming. It's knocking on our door. I, I will tell you, this week, I received some pressure from someone that, that, that I know who uh, was frustrated at some things that I said about Holy Week. 
And all I said was that Jesus was crucified and that Jesus raised from the dead. I received pressure from people because of that. In the year 2023 in the United States of America. The country Iraq, we're familiar with that country. Prior to the Gulf War in 1991, there were over two million Christians in Iraq. Some 30 years later, because of radical Islam, there are now less than 250,000 believers in Iraq. In North Korea, everybody's favorite country. In North Korea, there are approximately 400,000 believers in the underground church. That makes up 2% of the population. If you are discovered to be a believer in North Korea, which means you're a believer in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you will be immediately executed and your entire family will be immediately sent to a labor camp. Across the world, every 10 minutes, two believers die for their faith all across the world. And I believe for us as a church in the United States of America, I believe it's time that we need to stake, we need to drive our stakes deep into the ground. And where we say we will not be moved and we shall not be moved because we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, he said this, in the end times, he was speaking to the disciples, he's speaking to you and I. He said this, he says, you will be delivered up. You will be delivered up by your parents. You will be delivered up by your Brothers, you'll be delivered up by your relatives and delivered up by your friends. Now, I'll be honest with you, when Jesus was talking about this for years, I've struggled with that part of Jesus' statement regarding the end times. I never believed there would come a day when parents would turn against their children, children would turn against their parents, friends would turn against friends. But folks, we're living in that day. We're living in that day where families turn against each other. And then Jesus says, and some of you will put to death, but he says in verse 17 of Luke 21, he says, but you will be hated by all for my name's sake. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. So folks, if that's true, if that's true what Jesus says, that we will be hated by all, then when he rose from the grave, and he burst through that tomb on Sunday morning. It doesn't mean, it can't mean that, he, that, he, that he's, he's, he's alive so that you can have your best life now. Right? If, if he says you're going to be hated, he didn't come here to say, oh, you know what? You know what? Yeah, I, I want to be the Savior and Lord of your life just so that you can get that raise or so that you can get that job or, or so that you can get in that relationship or that, or that you can experience great things in this life. Folks, if that's our view of Christianity and our view of Jesus, that is a shallow, shallow view of Jesus. Right. 
Jesus did not break through the tomb just to give you your best life now. He didn't, he didn't go through, he didn't go through the, 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 thorns of, uh, the crown of thorns on his head just so that you can be happy. He didn't, he didn't take the spear in his side just so that, you can, that things would be all, all, all great and well. He didn't suffer just so that you could have a smile on your face. Listen, he suffered so that you would repent of your sins and so that you would live for all eternity with him. That's why he suffered. And if my Jesus and if your Jesus suffered, then guess what's going to happen to his followers? Suffering. Aren't you glad you came to First Baptist Church this morning? Where we just want you to be happy. We want you to go out after church, have a great cup of coffee called the First Baptist Church Blends, and be happy. Well, Let's get back to our text, shall we? Acts chapter 4. Look back with me. Peter and John have been arrested. They've been persecuted, and now they're being asked the question, verse number 7, by what power or what name do you do this? Now, we know Peter. Peter basically has three options here. One, one, he can apologize for making trouble. Does that sound like Peter? No. The second option is this, he could, he could say nothing and hope for the best. Does that sound like our man Peter who has foot and mouth disease? No, I don't think so. Peter, the third option is Peter is going to say something. And what Peter does is he drives a stake in the ground. And look what he says in verse number eight. Again, this is weeks after the first Easter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, now, he was kind, he was gentle, he, he acknowledges who they are kindly and respectfully. He says, rulers of the people and elders, that's the correct, the correct term. Rulers of the people and elders. He says, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, and then here he goes. He then says, let it be known. Do you catch that? Do you catch that? He's in front of 70 rulers of Israel, and he says, let it be known to these men, these 70 men that believe Peter to be a, a troublemaker, he stands up and he preaches Jesus with no compromise and with no hesitation and with no apologies, and he drives a stake in the ground with these four words, let it be known. What does he say? What does he say after he says, let it be known? Well, here's three things that I want you to see. He says that we as a church in America, we need to make that same statement today. And you as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to make these same statements as well. Number one, he says this, let it be known that Jesus is the rejected stone. He is the rejected stone. Look at verse number 11. Peter says this, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. Now, folks, listen, he is saying this to a group of men who can execute him on the spot. They can wipe him out in a heartbeat. This is the political, these are the political leaders of the day. And what Peter says to them, and, and what he says in verse number 10 is he says, there's four things. He stands up to these Jewish leaders, and he says this, listen, I want you to know, you crucified Jesus, 
But my God raised him from the dead. This man who's standing next to me, the lame man, he's healed because Jesus healed him. But you have rejected God's stone to salvation. Do you think you would have heard the proverbial pin drop at that moment? I mean, they are listening to him. This is intense. But Peter's saying, I'm not going to compromise. But you have rejected Jesus. You have You've rejected the stone. This reminds me of a story of a 19th century Methodist preacher, a circuit rider by the name of Peter Cartwright. Anybody ever heard of that name, Peter Cartwright? Awesome, I'm two for two. Nobody knew about him in the first service. That's really good. Uh, but uh, uh, Peter Cartwright was, uh, was known as an uncompromising man. Right on his horse from city to city, from church to church, and he would preach. One Sunday morning, um, as he's about to begin to preach, he was told that the President of the United States was there, President Andrew Jackson, that he was in the congregation. And somebody came up to Cartwright and said, uh, Brother Cartwright, um, please do not say anything out of line. Now listen, whenever you tell a preacher that, guess what? It's a challenge. Where Brother Cartwright stood up to preach and he said this, I understand. The President Andrew Jackson is here, and I've been requested to be guarded with my remarks. And he paused, and then he looked directly at the President and said this, President Jackson, you will go to hell if you do not repent. <laughs> wow! Wow! The story goes on that after the service, President Jackson came up to Cartwright and says, Brother Cartwright... If I had a regiment of men like you, I could whip the world. <laughs> Isn't that good? Look at your neighbor who thought that was good and say, yeah, I think you thought that was good. <laughs> but church, there's one thing that we need to be clear about, and maybe you as an individual need to be clear about, is this. It is not enough to say that Jesus is just a good man. It is not enough to say that he's a fine teacher. It is not enough to say that, oh, he was a, a moral man, but he's not the son of God. If Jesus isn't who he said he was, then nothing he said can be trusted. And we must let people know that, that Jesus is that they were, that he was the rejected stone. People have turned their back on Jesus. And church, I, I've got to tell you this. We have to let people know that they've turned their back on Jesus. You have to tell them that they turned their back, that they've sinned. We have to use that word sin. Because sin is what separates us. But then we must tell them this, that we must say, we must let it be known that Jesus is the living stone. Look in verse 10 again. Peter plainly says, you crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. I don't think Peter ever forgot this moment here. I, I don't think Peter ever forgot what took place in Acts chapter 4, where he stands before these 70 men called the Sanhedrin, of the religious leaders, the political leaders of the day. I don't think he ever forgot how he, he, he boldly stood against them because years later, Peter would write a letter that ends up in our New Testament called 1 Peter. And he writes this in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. So Peter gets it. He gets it. 
He understands that we must let the world know that Jesus is the living stone. You've rejected him, but you need to know that he is the living stone. He is the one who gives life. He's the one who restores. He's the one who rebuilds, and his name is Jesus, and he is the living stone. Billy Graham one time said this, a dead Jesus can't save anyone, but a living Christ can change your life. You know, on Friday, it looked like the devil won. On Saturday, I imagine the devil was celebrating. But little did he know that come Sunday, that come Sunday, Jesus burst through that tomb. He burst through that tomb. He defeated Satan. He defeated death. And he defeated sin. And he is the living stone. And Peter says, He says to these men, you rejected him, but you need to know that he is the living stone. And then finally he says this, we need to let it be known that Jesus is the cornerstone. Look at verse number 11. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. What does that mean? It means this, that everything begins and ends with Jesus. That he is the beginning and the end, that he is the alpha and the omega. All things were created for him, by him, and through him, and in him all things are held together. It's all about Jesus. And listen, if you miss Jesus, you miss everything. If you miss what Jesus did on the cross, his suffering, and if you miss his his resurrection from the grave, listen, you miss everything. You may have everything this world has to offer, from good clothes to a good house to a good job to a great family, but if you miss Jesus, you have missed everything. And our world needs to hear this because it is Jesus and only Jesus. Peter says in verse 12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Wow. There's no other name. In our age of tolerance, diversity, and political correctness, verse 12 sounds very harsh. Amen? The world would say that is, that that is uh, not tolerant, that that is selfish, that we are bigots, that we refuse anything else, that we don't love anybody else. And folks, that is the furthest thing from the truth. The truth is, this is love. This is love. It is love to tell somebody that there is no salvation outside of Jesus. Salvation is only found in the name of Jesus Christ and what he did for you and I on the cross and ultimately on his resurrection from the tomb. Jesus is the cornerstone, which means you cannot find salvation in anybody else or any other religion. You can't do it. You can't do it. Not Buddha, not Confucius, not Muhammad, not ever some, not ever what do you want to make it up to believe. You, you can't, you can't, 
You can't be saved outside the name of Jesus. But church, I will let you know, the call to follow Jesus is a call to die. It's a call to die to yourself. And on this Easter 2023, I ask you individually and even as a family, have you driven the stakes deep in the ground of your belief in Jesus and his resurrection? If so, praise be to God. Then today, make the decision like this. We will not be moved. No matter what comes my way, I will not be moved. No matter if I'm persecuted, I will not be moved. No matter if I'm pressured, I will not be moved. No matter if somebody comes against me harshly, critically, rudely, falsely, I will not be moved. You know, I, I, I just get a glimpse of heaven. And you read, you read Revelation and you see, you see that Jesus writes, or John writes as Jesus is speaking to him, and John writes these words that it's the blood of the martyrs that cry out to Jesus. The blood of the martyrs cry out. And Jesus welcomes their worship. He welcomes their worship. I can hear him saying, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant, for, for standing firm, for not willing to be moved, for willing to, to give up your life completely and ultimately for me. Thank you. I hear your worship. I hear you. May that be said of you. That Jesus would say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because you believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you let it be known, I will not be moved. Amen? Amen. When you came in this morning, every one of you received a card that looks just like this. It says, let it be known. And on the back of it has some places to check Maybe a decision that, that you've made today or that you need to make today. On this Easter 2023, I ask you to make a decision. I ask you to drive stakes deep in the ground. Are you, are you with me? I ask you to drive, to drive those stakes deep. That first stake that some of you need to drive deep in the ground is, is, is faith in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, let me tell you what the scripture says. The scripture says this, today's the day of salvation. Do it today. Do it today. Uh, Pastor, I don't understand everything. Listen, I don't understand everything either, but I know this. I know this. I know what Jesus did. He died. He was buried. He rose from the grave victorious. And Scripture says anybody who confesses Him as Lord and Savior and believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the call.
give him your life. Repent of your sins and follow Jesus. If that's you and you need to make that decision, there's a place for you to check. I have decided to accept Jesus as my Savior. I pray that you would do that today and drive that stake deep in the ground. There may be some of you here who you've, you've, you're a follower of Jesus, but maybe you haven't been baptized. You haven't followed a believer's baptism. We have baptism next week. Drive that stake down. Let it be known. Check that box. Some of you may need to join our church. You've been attending for a while, but for whatever reason, you haven't fully jumped in. Listen, jump in. Jump in. Jump in. Because we're family. You know where the stakes are that we've driven deep in the ground as a church. Jump in. Because we can do way more together. And we need you. We need you to knock holes in the darkness. We need your giftings. We, we, need your, we, we need you. If that's you, check that. That last box is this. I'd like to talk with the pastor about preaching a happier message on Easter 2024. <laughs> check that box. Okay? If you'd like to talk to me, Josh, Britton, John, anybody, Melody, if you need to talk, please talk. Check that box. At the end of the service, please make your way to the, to the welcome tent. Drop this off at one of, the, one of the pastors or an usher there, and we'd love to have a conversation with you because here's reality. We, we need each other. Because you know this, when we drive those stakes deep in the ground, somebody's going to get a little angry at us. His name is Satan. And we need one another. I need you. You need me. We need our neighbor. We need the one next. We need, we need it. Won't you drive those stakes deep in the ground and let it be known? Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, God, you're so good. You are so good. Oh, God, I pray that somebody comes to know you today, Father. I pray that somebody will be baptized for this, for you, and may people join today. But, Father, we all do this because you are alive and you are on your throne. And we say thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...